0: The Daily Rios, for Tuesday, June 4th, 2013. Hey everyone, this is Peter. Hope everyone is uh, having a great week so far. So I wanted to do a quick episode on this past weekend's trip to the Wizard World Philly convention and talk mostly about the comics that I had picked up in the back issue bins. But talk about it in a way that maybe was different from a typical convention report. And I wasn't coming up with anything, so I was just going to hit record and babble. And then I came across an older feedback that was sent in that I never got to on the show. And suddenly, all the pieces kind of fell together, especially since I want these June episodes to try and cover topics or suggestions or feedback that I've been holding off on. So a listener, Charles Ogan, sent in a message back in March with an intriguing concept pertaining to comics and comics collecting. Now, I wasn't really sure I could implement it on the Daily Rios because I'm not necessarily set up to do interviews. You know, I'm still recording on my iPhone here. But I could use his idea and turn it around on myself and see how it could pertain to talking about the loot of comics that I picked up at Wizard World Philly. So I'll start off by reading his initial idea. He says... Jean Athalme Brilat Savarin, and I'm sure I butchered that name, famously said, tell me what you eat, and I will tell you what you are. Now, of course, I had to go look up who that was, and it turns out that um, he is a, he's noted as a French lawyer and politician, but he gained fame as someone who effectively founded the whole genre of the gastronomic essay. Uh, you know pertaining to food and who you are and what you are and what you eat and as I was looking through Wikipedia, you know it even says that he is the he's considered as as the father of low carbohydrate diets, and he considered sugar and white flour to be the cause of obesity and yeah, that's something I've heard constantly as I look at you know certain diets and I talk to people about dieting and eating what you shouldn't eat, and you know cut out breads, cut out rice and all those white starches and um Sugars and white flowers, I should say. So, yeah, uh, so that's who that is. And apparently, you know, it has something, a little bit of a tie with Iron Chef and all that. So back to Charles' Charles's uh, message. He says, Likewise, if one looks at a person's comic book collection, you should be able to know who that person is. So here's the premise. Have fans send in a list of their personal comic book collections For the show, you analyze the unknown person's collection. Things that can be commented on are the books themselves, such as the storylines and their creative teams. You can opine as to how old the collector is, what got that person into comics, and perhaps even what got them out of comics, if the collection suggests that. The conversation should culminate with you, like a modern-day Sherlock Holmes, guessing at the details of the collector. Now here is the hook, he continues. At the halfway point of the podcast, you have the collector call in. Like the old TV show, to tell the truth, you then get to ask the collector questions to see if your hunches from the previous segment were correct. Then, as a final gesture of goodwill, you suggest other possible comics based on your understanding of the collection for the collector. The benefit of this premise is threefold. One, you have a unique mechanism to talk about comics in general, which in theory can entail various genres, decades, and creators. Two, you create a unique way to interact with your audience. And three, you set yourself on a specific task, which in all likelihood will create an even more dynamic conversation. Now, this is a really cool idea, and I could probably do most of it right now, outside of the interviews, if anyone's interested. But I wanted to see if I could do such a thing on myself. Now, I know that sounds a little weird. I mean... Don't I already know what comics I like to pick up? And that's true. But I wanted to see if, knowing what I know about my comic habits, uh, did that speak true with the pile of 31 comics I picked up at Wizard World Philly? Could someone figure out what I like based on this pile? Could they figure out what kind of comics collector I am? Now, it's not like I set out to pick up these specific comics, These are just ones that I came across uh, haphazardly for some of them. Some of them because I have a very large want list, and those were the ones I got to first. So yes, there is some targeting going on, but why? Why these comics over others uh, that I may have passed up uh, that were also on my want list, but I just didn't pick up? So the comics that I picked up, we'll start there. This is the, the pile of comics that I picked up. We have Blackest Night Flash, number 2, Blackest Night Superman, number 1, Blackest Night Wonder Woman, number 2, Marvel's Contest of Champions, number 1, Doctor Strange, number 55, Green Arrow, 30, Final Crisis Requiem, Final Crisis Revelations, number 1 and number 4, Final Crisis Rogue's Revenge, number 1, Hawk World, 1 and 2, JLA issues 28, 29, 30 and 31. We have Marvel Premiere number 45 featuring Man-Wolf, Shade the Changing Man number 1, Star Hunters issues 1 through 6. We have Starfire issues 2, 4, 5, 6 and 7, and then we have Steel the Indestructible Man number 1 and Teen Titans issue 42. Now you throw all that into a melting pot. You look at it, you study it, you divide it up, you put them all into little piles, things that relate to each other. And I would think right away someone would be able to guess three three things. Number 1, I like events. Number 2, I like sci-fi or sci science fantasy or space opera comics. And number 3, I like DC comics. All but three of the 31 comics are DC. Now, sure, you could say, well, maybe this reader, you know, was a Marvel reader and they're going back and catching up on DC, but not with these particular titles. Not when you're picking up 70s Starfire comics and 70s Star Hunters comics and a JLA story arc in the third year of its run, you know, that's a little too random. Clearly this is a DC fan, I would think someone would say. Now, when it comes to events, between Blackest Night minis, as well as the Green Arrow issue, which is actually a Blackest Night tie-in, and the multiple Final Crisis tie-in issues, you have to be an event completist if you're picking those up, right? I mean, sure, maybe you read the initial event, and you wanted to get a little bit more of the side stories, but these events are from 2008 and 2010. So that's hardcore to be wanting to get them now. You know, even if you're just filling in holes and being a completist, you still went out of your way to pick up uh, some of the other issues, you know, maybe when they were coming out and these are ones that you're missing. So that's and then you throw in Marvel's Contest of, Contest of Champions, which is arguably the first major Marvel event comic. Either way, I would say I like events, and and someone would be right. (laughs) And then let's get to the space opera stuff. So you got Marvel premiere with Man-Wolf, multiple issues of Starfire, of the 70s DC uh, comic called Starfire, all but the final issue of Star Hunters, all from the 70s, all of them being, you know... Conan meets Star Wars by Way of Barbarella, you know, you could lump Hawkworld in there, I suppose. Um, but that suggests that you have an intimate knowledge with that specific material, at least I think. Hawkworld do- Hawkworld doesn't necessarily scream sci-fi by the title alone. You could certainly make that connection. But I think those other ones are a good example of okay, here's somebody who is picking up a lot of that 70s sci-fi space opera stuff uh, that has a certain flavor to it and either they really want to read it or they found some kind of new appreciation of it of that material or they're just a sci-fi head and when it comes to wacky sci-fi concepts the 70s were full of them so those are the three big deductions out of the way that I think someone could glean from this pile but what else is out there? You could say there's possibly a liking for first issues, or first issue-like concepts, comics that aren't necessarily first issues, but they're featuring a concept for the first time. So there's Steel Number One, but no other issue. There's Shade, the Changing Man Number One from you know late '70s. Uh, that Man Wolf appearance feels like a first issue concept. Hawk uh, World One and Two. I mean, I, I you know that's it's not a legit deduction, but you could maybe make that speculation. Definitely that this reader loves superheroes. There's a lot of superhero stuff in here. And then there's that random Doctor Strange issue and that random Teen Titans issue that, um, you know, if anyone knows me, obviously I'm filling in my Teen Titans run. The Doctor Strange thing is really a joke, actually. It's uh, a Doctor Strange issue drawn by Michael Golden, and... Uh, The artist Buzz, either back when on CGS, on Comic Geek Speak, or maybe at a super show, he used to talk about that Doctor Strange issue, number 55, and he used to talk about how he thought it was the greatest comic book art in a comic um, by Michael Golden and Terry Austin. And when you look through it, it is fairly fantastic. Um, He might have had some other kind of way to describe it, but every time I pick it up, I always pick up an issue, and I think I have about four or five of them now. What else could you say? So there's a lot of '70s comics, a few '90s, and and some in the 2000s. So why aren't there any in the 80s? Maybe that's because this reader probably grew up in the 80s and read all that stuff. Why would they actively ignore most of that stuff? You know, um, was the '80s comics or are they hard to find? Um, knowing me, obviously, I grew up in the 80s. I read a lot of that stuff. I didn't read a lot of the '70s comics. In fact, that's a that's a whole in my comic collection, 70s, both Marvel and DC, um, that I think I know more about the 60s than I do the 70s. And that's actually true of musical theater as well, which is kind of strange. So um, even though I was I grew up in uh, in the 70s, you know, you don't really shape your brain and your mind until you're like 9, 10 years old, and that would have been, you know, in the 80s. So um, maybe that's, uh, maybe this is a reader that, you know, already knew the 80s and didn't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. By the way, all the issues are in bags and boards, except for uh, one or two, and they're fairly decent conditions, nothing nothing too battered, although that Teen Titans issue is a little bit worn, so makes me think, all right, uh, maybe they kind of don't really care about condition, especially if they're getting that Teen Titans issue all worn, but they at least like to have the bags and boards uh, so that uh, you know the, the the comics will stay safe, and that's that's certainly true. My apartment gets very damp at times. So Charles, there you go. I turned the concept onto myself as a way to talk about what I got at Wizard World Philly. Again, could this work with other listeners? Possibly. I mean, as long as they weren't sending in lists specifically designed to throw me off, that would be just dumb, you know. Um, there's been some major cons so far this year, Emerald City, C2E2, Denver, uh, you know, if, did you go shopping? Did a listener go shopping? Did you make a list of the books you bought? I think it would have to have a good number of comics on that list, you know, maybe about 30 or 40 or more deep with a good wide selection, right? You don't want it to be 28 issues of Cerebus and two issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four. That doesn't help anybody and that's just weird. So, there you go. That was my Wizard World haul. <laughs> I may put in a clip talking with my girl since that was her first experience at a convention, so if I get to that, uh, I'll, I'll drop it in later. You know how to get a hold of me. It's peter at thedailyreels.com, also the website, The Daily Rios. Talk to you tomorrow for New Comics Wednesday.